0: Hi there, I'm Birgit O'Connor and welcome to the World of Watercolor Painting podcast. Now in today's episode, we had a conversation about values. What are they? Why do you need them? Why are they so important? And how do you recognize them? Because without them, your paintings can look really flat and lifeless. So let's go ahead, get started and have some fun. I thought I'd give you the broader view of the studio here because it's clean. So might as well do it. All of that's going to start to close in on me very soon once I start working. So with that landscape way up there, that was because I was trying to just explore and play with color and thinking like what you said with it, like with a lot of stuff happening in our lives at the moment. So what can we do to keep it super simple without us and paint because you know, like you'll hear um, like creative expressions or whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> what happens is we all need to be able to paint. Said, oh, there, Okay. I think we had some puppies that wanted to talk instead. They were clearing their throats, you know? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I've been thinking more about that. What can I do? That's very quick and easy. And I'll I'm, I want to um, move forward with that. The other thing that I was doing, which I think a lot of you already know, is that I've been working on something for Watercolor Live. What they wanted to do, what they wanted me for, was um, they don't usually do the same artist two years in a row, and um, but they they just they know working with me. So anyway, the point is is working with color. I'm on Beginners Day. And so that I think is a separate thing than their watercolor live Uh, you know, basically it was breaking down the color wheel, trying to keep it as simple as possible for absolute beginners. So anyway, just so you know that. And let's see. So today we're going to just jump in here. Um, What I was going to do is look at some of your paintings. And I also wanted to give you an idea of what I did this last week for the Northwest Watercolor Society. What the common thing, which is the same thing that is happening in your paintings, is that uh, we generally just need values. You know, you've got, you're working on the color, it's values. And Tina, I see you nodding so basically we've talked about that right that was one of your weaknesses right do you do you, would you like to add anything into that at this moment it still is the one thing that i was communicating with someone on in, on the facebook it's hard to understand values in the beginning because you associate m- most everything with color a color being darker than another and it's hard to see that, and that's why the black and white um, uh, value apps are so important for me to learn, is it takes the color, the hue out of it, and I can see that shade, shading, the values give shape to an object, and they also give depth to my painting, mm-hmm. so uh, once I started adding more color, more more uh, uh, value, deeper values into my paintings. They greatly improved. Thanks to you. Oh, thanks. You know what? I never really realized because, like, uh, being in my own studio, doing all my painting, and then being forced to break things down, I never saw things really in black and white like that. You know, it was always color, and I can see the range of values in. Um, color. So, what really was a light bulb moment for me is when I did a workshop and I had one of my students that was doing landscapes. And she really explained to me how she could, like what you just said, how she could not see the values. And the only thing she could do to see them was first do it in black and white. And then it made sense that why people make th- thumbnail paintings and things like that, value sketches, which I never did. I just, dive in I you know I am like jump in completely (laughs) so that was and like by teaching all of you like when I was talking to Carla O'Connor this last week one of the things that she was saying what she misses about uh, uh, traveling is being able to be inspired by everybody you know by the one-on-one but what we have here is exactly like what we have in something like that but With a lot less, it's uh, to me, it's way more time efficient. I do miss uh, physically seeing everybody, but you all inspire me, you know, hopefully I'm inspiring you, you inspire me. I thought of you, Tina, this morning when I thought about, uh, uh not necessarily about the values, but what I also want to get into is doing that driftwood, doing that sand, thinking about the atomizer. I thought about the atomizer this morning, and I thought, could it have been so simple as that? Maybe I shouldn't lean like that, and I should lean like that. That was the other thing. Oh, that didn't work no i tried that nasal thing that didn't work either so let me just tell you what i'm talking about with the nasal thing I'm talking wherever i have my atomizer i think i put it away because it wasn't working but if we take this nasal thing we were thinking that maybe you know you put that on there it was going to do it didn't work for me it, it did the work for you but what works for this silly thing which was really interesting it doesn't look so appealing next to your art supplies but it was fabulous for taking water and then just releasing a little bit. I liked the control. I thought it was brilliant. So kudos to you, five stars to Tina. (laughs) All right, so let's dive in. Let's take a look at some of your paintings here. We're gonna start with your paintings first, and then I wanna show you what I did with the Northwest Watercolor Society. We're just going to glance at these because we see a lot of these over and over again um, as we go. So when we talked about, let's see, I'm going to get out of this for one second. I want to show you the uh, actual where this is. Okay, so there's our little boat here. This is, the boat's name is Eeyore. And this is looking towards Stinson Beach. There's land back there. It really depends on what position you're in. Like when I took this picture, I was looking down upon it. Okay, so that gives you a a reference, something a little bit more of what that is. And then when we look at your paintings, again, the goal was working on reflections, getting shape, working on water, trying to uh, sink the inside of the boat so you have some depth. So that was the goal. And I do think it's fabulous to take it one step further And then adding the land back here because it's really interesting. Like what I would probably do moving forward, this is very successful. But if I wanted to, I would consider, remember the texture here. If I wanted it to be more dreamy, I would go over this with water. And this is going to be relevant again um, to some of the upcoming paintings. I would just glaze over that like that to soften any of that uh, dry brush technique. And I would do the same thing up in the sky. That's if you want to keep the attention on your boat. So that's another thing that I don't think people really talk about, or they may talk about it in a way that... um, That may be overwhelming. And here I'm thinking, oh, yes, I'm simplifying things. What we're trying to do is where do you want to draw the attention? One thing I noticed while I'm thinking about this right now, I want to mention this, is in the Northwest Watercolor Society, when I was looking at that, one of the things they were saying is I wanted to tell the story of where people are and what they're doing. Yes, we want a story in the painting. We want what but we really want our people to bring their own experiences, their own story into a painting. So if we tell the whole story, it it really doesn't leave anything for the viewer's imagination. So that's something we want to think about. We yeah. want to go pull the attention here. I would work more with your color in your water. That just comes with practice. And then I might go a little lighter back here with the Hills. We we still want that, but if we go a little lighter, then it's going to pull the attention to the boat. Like you can see here, that the boat stands out a little bit more, even though we still need to work on some of those values. It's and that how we're going to do that is deepen the color. And sometimes when I talk about the values here, it's not just using more of the same color. We need to incorporate other. Um, colors into it sometimes to get a little darker anyway, just so you hopefully get the idea because I'll talk about this at my next meeting, but what I want you to see, because, and that's going to be relevant to the next portrait too, is what they did here. When I said, you need to darken the values is that they went darker in the background And that's not necessarily where we need that because that still is all pretty much, it's a little darker there and a little darker there. uh, It's not so much about the background as I'm talking about the values again. Now, uh, we can always work on the face, but to get the impression, we don't need a lot of detail on the face. What we need are... To work with the values. So let's look at this here. Do you see here how it's darker in the cheeks? A little, and she did an amazing job actually with the eyes because they are so dark. That's incredibly difficult. But let's say if I was looking at this and I can't get the sparkle in the eye, what I'm looking at is that it's very light a little bit of white right in there so i might try to get that in i would try to sink the eyes back a little bit focus maybe i i don't know if this is going to be helpful for you or not and then if we look at the arms it's a little darker here darker here this is really important even if it doesn't make sense to you right now eventually at some point as you continue painting it might hit you so if we look at the dress and the folds There's some darker values here. You can see she started to, but kind of worked with the background instead. So I don't think she really understood what I was trying to say. And again, if you post in a Facebook group, that's not necessarily where I'm spending all my time. My time is here in the meetings and in the meetings with the... uh, Because uh, thank thank you, Sue, for... (laughs) (laughs) for, for uh, monitoring everything and drawing things to my attention when needed. Mm -hmm. So just to show you in comparison, I'm looking at what she's already done. And then I could always refer back to the reference photo, but I'm looking really at where she's already got some values where, uh, it's like the map is already there. We just need to pull things out. And maybe it'd be darker down here and we need to go a little darker underneath the chin and work at the face. So th- I'm not going to go really in depth in this one, but that is what I wanted to draw your attention to. Hopefully that makes sense. And I will try to come back to this in our portrait class. We were also going to talk about this next week when we are in the class. If you think about the background here, look primarily, it's all very, very, uh um. Very much the same tone, but going a little darker there, you can see the attention goes to the face. Now she's got dark hair, so how do you handle that? If she's got the dark hair, you're still going to have some, you have to create contrast. So we've got obviously dark right there that pulls her face out, her hair is, it would be a little lighter, so we'd go a little darker back there, depending on what we want to do. But here my attention was drawing it onto the face. And hopefully that gives you some idea, we wanna work with our values. And uh, if you, I think if you preview some of the previous meetings, you'll see what uh, I'm talking about. Also with this, I see that you're doing a lot of dabbing, use your water, lift up your paper, allow the color to run. So that's what this one's all about. It's not so much about trying to create the landscape as it is working with the medium. And then for this one, I am so happy with what you did with the cliff here. Really great. You did a lot more in here. That looks good. This is what's distracting right through here. Those edges, because the hard edges are drawing your attention. We can see them if you glaze over them and soften the line. We'll know they're there, but then the attention will come up here. You did a great job. Excellent, excellent job with your cliff, and so that's why when I'm talking about uh, the values, it's all very relevant to each painting. But if I'm go- I'm trying to take advantage of where you already have your highlights, so if I go a little darker there, that's going to pop out. I would use a soft, not wet brush and uh, soften that edge so it doesn't stay like what I have here. But I'd be working with our color. Okay, then it it gets stronger. Now, if we really want to make this color pop down here, you would have a bit more of a yellow green because that would be going back to the color wheel. So not only value, we're thinking about complementary colors. Okay, hopefully that gives you a, a fairly good idea. The complementary color on the opposite side of the color wheel is going to make that other color pop. We've got that um, magenta up there. And when we use yellow green side by side, they'll really pop. So let's look at this. Okay, complementary colors, side by side, they'll be brighter. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about in that video, just so you know, uh, for Watercolor Live. Side by side, they pop, but if they mix together too much, or you overwork it, or the color continues to blend, it'll neutralize and it can get muddy. So those are some of the things that we would need to think about. Now here, there really isn't anywhere to really focus on. Her horse was gorgeous, but you know, really, who? and I, I thought, okay, what does she wanna focus on? Is it the light on the back, which is nice, but you've got a woman, you know, in a sports bra and her a little ear And it's like, okay, she's telling, oh, I think what she wanted, what she wanted to tell the story, I think in this. And then they talked about possibly putting some chickens down below and other things. And I thought what I ended up talking to her about is eliminating the woman on the top, focus on what's working in the horse, work with the light, Not necessarily that she needs a chicken or something down there because it ends up turning into something cute rather than a piece of art where we're looking at the values. She could also end up redoing, um, you know, on the light on the horse. So anyway, I don't need to go into too much uh, depth in this. We did that at the meeting. And here, this was another gentleman's uh, painting from Alaska. And. What I suggested to him, his brushes were too small, lots of fiddly lines. We've got this problem right in the middle. And I couldn't really... You know, we've got the light greens back here and the blue. So he doesn't have a range of color and he needs to work with his values because everything looks very, very flat. He doesn't need to also put all the detail in the face because no one's really going to see it at that distance. This was his reference photo, some famous artist from Alaska. And if you look at the hill, here the mountains it has the blues in there so real the reason why we have the blues in there is that it's cool it's also giving us the impression of that cool alaska and the feeling of uh, the temperature of the painting and what he said here is what he wanted to do is show how the mountains really have this beautiful green on them and that's wonderful But again, what kind of experience are you trying to bring into the painting? This seems, even though it's a cooler blue, it's a, well, it's a yellow, blue, you know, or a yellow green, sorry. It doesn't really, it doesn't translate into the action of what's happening. So I was trying to talk to him where he needs to go darker with his values and I know this looks like a bunch of squiggles. So that's why I had to show him in progression how to get there instead of this, because it's definitely not going to make any sense. But here, this was another painting he did. And it was very difficult for me to understand, first of all, what was he trying to convey? I under—I get perhaps what he was trying to do was show the hand um the hand, you know, and how complicated the hands are. And I thought, all right, if that was his idea, then we need to work on values. And I thought, well, what is this? Is th-? And I asked him, and then he said that was celery soup. And I thought, okay, all right. And then, but if we look at this and the Tablecloth that competes with what's on the um, plate here. But what he also has out here is this amazing landscape. So why not focus on this out here instead of like the hand? And so I said, So why would, what was your thought process on this? What he wanted to do, which was interesting, is that he, and it, it's made me think about it, is that he wanted to give the impression of you, the viewer, sitting there eating this and looking out the window. I thought, oh, okay. But see, I wouldn't even know what kind of soup that was. So then that made me confused and I couldn't understand. And plus it doesn't have any depth. So it kind of overtaxed my little brain instead of me having the idea of being in that uh, spot being able to just kind of easily fall into the painting so what I suggested to him was to darken some of the values so right here aside from the story of the painting let's look at the values all right this is what he's got everything is pretty flat and if he goes a little darker back here it pushes the background back pulls the hand forward and if we add a little shadow underneath the plate no matter what kind of soup that is We're going to be able to start, it still looks flat though, up here, but I, you know, there's only so much I can do here. So in this area that pushes the tablecloth down, pulls the plate up, and then by adding a little shadow underneath it, then it lifts it up. Then thinking about the window in comparison, like this is what we have here, right? And let's add a little color into it. And you know I have only as limited colors I can do with my tools. But by doing this, it gave a boundary and color in the background. Then for this one, this was the reference photo. And then this is what they did. So again, it's very common. What we're trying to do is we try to paint everything that we see. So they're seeing all of this. They're using a small brush. So how can we simplify this? There is so much there. So if we go ahead and just, again, look at some, let's try to unify shapes. So you're going to think of shapes, values, and color, and, right, and the size of the brush that you're using. You can see we there's so much to look at. We don't know where to look, and if we go here, then we're starting to eliminate some of the excessiveness, and uh, direct the viewer. So if we go into this, let's see. This was I thought this was interesting. Now these were some traveling um, uh, actors, which I thought was interesting. Let's see. Is this okay? And this is what she came up with, and I. You know, my first thought was I didn't understand what all I didn't, I per, personally, as a viewer, didn't know who they were. So it didn't really mean anything. I'm looking at it as a bunch of uh, gentlemen there that have a lot of character. And I thought they were fascinating with their features. And then I didn't understand what the happy faces and sad faces were. And But it didn't matter. It just, I mean, it's something I thought about. And then she went darker with the background to keep the focus on the people. And I thought she handled that well, but there's also other ways that she could have handled this. So we discussed this. And my first thought was, okay, if she had this, if she broke up the space with color, it makes it more interesting, festive, and we're able to have Um, the focus stay on the individuals and she could still keep those faces in there because I would assume that probably meant something to her. And what she's doing is uh, telling the story, which I wouldn't understand at the time is that it is about the actors. So she's telling her story, but I can still deal with the faces and she's broken up uh, the background. Right now, we would risk overworking it, but she could have, if she wanted, to have a darker on some spots and then have a lighter value around here. What I'm thinking about, how to make the painting work and really um, engage the viewer. We went into depth on all of those when we met. I just, This was so helpful. I, I feel like I have this whole string of little light bulbs over my head all the time. And they only, you know, most of them are not, but <laughs> they come on sometimes one at a time. And this made so much sense. It was so valuable about values. I mean, we talked about it before and I think about it. It's challenging to do, but something about your demonstrations and everybody's comments today just sort of made a, a one of the bulbs go on, I think. Thank so, you. Thank I you. now have a pile of paintings that are unfinished that I feel like I can look at a little differently. So thank you. Absolutely. You're welcome. You know, it's interesting this morning before I, uh, I thought, you know, I'm not really one that uh, checks out YouTube, but I thought, I don't even remember what I was looking for. Oh, I can't even remember what it was looking for, you know, and something popped up and, um, it was some artist. Oh, I know what it was. It wasn't really, it wasn't really about YouTube. I was looking at an ad that came in on my, um, on my email. And so they had a little video clip and I looked at that and I thought, oh, this might be really interesting. And I looked at that and it was an artist and I thought, oh my God, because it reminds me of when I first started out, I was absolutely overwhelmed when artists would talk to me or not to me, talk about values, talk about color in a way that I couldn't understand. You know, I felt like I was being talked down to by the artist, whether or not it was a book or a Um, They didn't have videos at the time. So it's like I couldn't wrap my mind around it. So when you said light bulbs, that's really what my goal is. We can simplify it into terms that we can understand. We don't all have to be geniuses to figure this out. We We just also, here's another thing I want you to do. Look on the outside of your painting, not directly at it. Because if you look on the outside of your painting or even turn it upside down, you know, then you're going to see your values. you're going to see where the holes are, where things are too concentrated. Is it too flat? And what I'm always looking at is what do I have that's already there that I can work with? The map is already there, and then I just will work with that. Go a little deeper, do a little push and pull., there <laughs> I, I think the the one painting in that whole series that just jumps out at me and says, "Aha." big light bulb is that fruit on the table where you put the back is black and then you put the shadow below it, it makes it a dramatic painting rather than something where you don't even see the fruit uh, the way she had it. So uh, that's my light bulb moment there uh, for that whole thing. What And that's just magic to watch you do that and take two two items, fixed that whole painting. And it had to do with value. Thank you, Sue. And that concludes today's episode. Now, I hope you found this helpful and you have some new ideas that you can incorporate into your own painting style. And if you're interested in joining our conversations, you can visit my website, Birgit I've got lots of courses for you to choose from. And until next time, have fun and happy painting.